Hello, this is Nathan Mortensen, and welcome to the Called Bank podcast, happily outside of any bubble. Um, Today, as is probably obvious, we're going to talk about the only NBA news, which is either inside of the end of the bubble in Orlando or slightly outside of the bubble in Orlando. And the, there's no real bubble. I, I don't know who came up with that term because when I first heard it, I thought they'd put up like a massive blow up tent and just no one's allowed to enter out. But it's like they're just chilling in a resort right now. And w- w- if I had that image in my head, then I, I probably would have realized that all the rules breaking out and everyone leaving whenever they want was definitely going to happen. Well, I mean, up until today, the two big stories were in regards to the Rockets and the Sacramento Kings, where each of them had a player violate the bubble. One of them violated the bubble during the 48-hour mandated quarantine, and the other just violated the bubble going and getting some Postmates. And for the Postmates, it's a bit more believable to me. There was like maybe some confusion on what you could do and things like that. When it comes to leaving your room during the mandatory quarantine, how do you not know that you're supposed to stay in your room for 48 hours? Like, as a casual, a bit more than casual, but as an NBA fan, I knew that you were supposed to stay in your room for more than four for 48 hours. So when it comes down to it, like, maybe you were unaware, but that feels more like negligence than being naive. I bet it's just that he didn't care. I, I feel like there's so much controversy going on around COVID anyway that there's going to be players who just think the rules are silly, so they're just going to be like, ah, oh, whatever. Agreed. And I totally get why the bubble sucks in so many ways. Like, I don't think that that would be the funnest thing in the world. Then again, at least you're quarantined in Disney World. Um, But looking at it, it's kind of like, so the your employers only make money if you're playing games. And right now, having a traditional NBA is not possible. And so the only way for you to make money is to go into this bubble. From my personal like understanding, like I don't think there's a safe way to do sports otherwise. So in the end, I mean, it's kind of like, do you want your paycheck or do you not want your paycheck? And for most of these players, while obviously they don't want to leave millions of dollars on the table, they do have sufficient amount of money that they're not going to like not be able to feed their families or things like that by not playing. And I wonder, I don't think many of them are actually really concerned about not getting paid. Um. Because in the past, like the NBA Players Association is one of the strongest in sports where the NBA is a very player-friendly league. So in most cases, players get it their way. And like if you contrast it with the NFL Players Association, like NBA, the NBA has a much more powerful um, players association there for, to help the players out. So I wonder if the players are just thinking, I can do whatever I want because someone has my back and it'll be my way but there comes a point when if money's not coming in then you can't get paid and so the league is like because nba contracts have been skyrocketing recently and if we can't play if the nba can't play games then contracts can't go up because the 
salary cap won't be going up as it has been in the past. And I mean, an even bigger concern is the salary cap might go down. Like, and that's going to leave a lot of team. I mean, maybe it's not possible to go down, but from my understanding, it is since it ba- it's based entirely on revenue. Um, and I mean, that really impacts someone like Rudy Gobert, who's hoping, I'm assume, hoping to get a supermax from the Jazz. And at least in regards to the tip hotline that's been set up in the bubble, he's come out saying, I mean, the, all the headlines say that he calls it petty, which is true. And his opinion is a bit more nuanced when you read the whole thing. But since the whole quote is, I don't know if someone's going to use it, but I think it's sort of petty. At the same time, you want to make sure that people respect the rules. I I loved I, uh, at the beginning of the ESPN article on that, um, like the first two sentences were like, uh, Rudy Go, like I'm, I'm summarizing, but it said something like, Rudy Gobert thinks the NBA's tip hotline is like Rudy Gobert, the first player to get COVID-19 thinks the NBA's tip hotline is petty. So they're trying to like make some sort of story. They're like, oh, he was the first to get COVID. So he he should like be in agreement with anything that helps out with the NBA, like for like keeping the rules and making sure the players stay accountable. But as far as the tip hotline, I, I can totally see that. Like if you're a bunch of professionals um, you, and like a tip hotline kind of feels like high school again, right? It, it feels like you're, you're like, or even elementary school, like everyone's tattling on which player is leaving and which one isn't. And I feel like the players just want everyone else to be professional, but there's a lot of players to keep track of. And some of those players are still like 19, 20 years old and they're, they're still pretty much kids. So I don't. I agree with Rudy that I doubt anyone will use it, and I understand where the NBA put it in place. But I, I think a lot of players agree with him on it feeling a little bit petty. Yeah, and I, and I can see where it's kind of petty, but I also think to a large extent it's very selfish to be leaving the bubble and to be violating rules that you are aware of during this, because once a player gets this, like how quickly is it going to spread? You know, I mean, we could be in the NBA finals and have a COVID, a COVID-19 outbreak end it. Like we could not finish the finals because of COVID-19 and things like that. So in the end, I think that I don't know. I don't know what players were thinking. Some it since it feels like a lot of them just kind of agreed to it because they wanted to play basketball without the and not a lot. That's unfair to say it feels like some of them might have agreed to it because they wanted to play basketball without the intention of actually following it, which in the end feels a lot, just feels very self-centered to me more than actually wanting the best for the league as a whole and for your teammates and for your um, colleagues on other teams. And uh, I don't know how much they understood about how the bubble was going to be because it feels like the NBA is kind of making changes all the time. And so I wonder if they just said, if this is the only way that we're going to make it happen, then let's make it happen. But then once they got there, then they they didn't like the rules that they had to keep. Because, again, who who would want to be forced to stay in one place for your job for like three or four months and you're not allowed to leave like a city block area? And that's like all you have. Like, that's rough. That's that's if 
Like that's something that like you it sounds fine, especially when you're at like a nice resort, but after a while you start getting stir crazy, I'm sure, and uh, maybe some players are just getting stir crazy after two or three days. Yeah, and for the Rockets player, like I could totally see him being there for a while. Let's just be honest here. The guy on the Sacramento Kings, though, I mean, he only has to be there for like three, four weeks. He doesn't, he can leave the bubble as soon as he wants after they don't make the playoffs. But if, if you, if you were on the Kings, would you even show up? It's like, it's like what are the, the odds of your team even getting a chance to make the playoffs is really close to zero. I mean, well, you don't see a dime if you don't play those eight games. And that's a lot of money. So I, I think I'd probably go for it. I'd argue it would almost be easier to show up and then not make the playoffs since it's a shorter commitment. But I do think that it's interesting. A couple episodes ago, we were talking about how would the um, NBA punish players for violating the bubble. And I didn't realize this. This information was publicly available at the time. So if you plan your absence and it's under seven days, you only have to quarantine for four days. But if you, but both of those players that like just slightly violated, and I do think there should be some punishments. I feel like monetary would be better in my mind. But both of those players now have to quarantine for 10 days. And I mean... And, and quarantine in their rules is that just you stay in your room, you're not allowed contact with anyone else. From my understanding, yes. So I mean... And maybe they have a bit more open of an area, but that's 10 days you can't really exercise, 10 days you're not with your team, 10 days without a basketball. I mean, right now that's not going to be as damaging as it could be. And thankfully the two players that have been made an example of aren't necessarily linchpins. They're not players that you can point a finger at and say, Oh, well, because James Harden wasn't was quarantined for 10 days, that's why the Rockets didn't make it past the first round. Um, and hopefully that these two players getting punished was is going to end up being kind of like a warning call and leads to other players following the rules and staying safe so that we don't have much more pivotal um suspensions made down the line. Yeah, the uh, it'd be interesting to follow how Vegas follows all this because at any moment a star could leave and then this might be the highest chance that an eight seed has to win the championship ever even though the first seat like the one seeds are really strong but it's it's interesting to like because with players leaving the bubble both planned and unplanned that increases the chances of someone in the bubble bringing in the virus and then everyone getting it or a star player getting it from his teammate or something uh, I I wonder, I wonder how Vegas is going to treat that. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I'm actually I'd actually be interested to see those lines. But speaking of star players leaving the bubble and eighth seeds winning the championship, I I think news that shocked a lot of the NBA today was that Zion Williamson left the bubble for family matters, um, and that that really kind of brought it home on how quick you could see a very pivotal player, a very pivotal player um, not be on the campus anymore and possibly not come back. He said he'll come back, but depending on how urgent these matters are, I mean, things can change. Like things can happen suddenly and things can get worse suddenly. So 
if like it's tough because like well you look at the pelicans they do have an easier schedule than everyone else so and they do have good players around it so they still have a chance of making it but you have to wonder if um let's say zion williamson is ready to come back four games into the eight game season like we don't have a timeline so we don't know when he's planning to come back but let's say his team lost their first four games is he going to look at that and say oh i don't need to come back like what's the point of coming back if we're not going to make the playoffs it's like normally i would understand like if it was an injury case of course a player would come back and even if he's just playing 20 minutes a game but it's like it's your rookie season you want to get more experience get more of that playing time because hopefully he's going to have a long career but in this case is kind of a special case because you kind of want to stay safe, keep yourself safe, keep your family safe, and keep everyone in the bubble safe. So, especially if you have to come back in quarantine for four days, like, I don't know if Zion will come back, especially if his team doesn't start off, like, blazing hot for these season games. Yeah, and I don't even know if, honestly, if they were, like, out of the playoff picture, I don't even think that New Orleans would have him come back. Just with his injury history and concerns, I don't think I think they'd say, you know what, four games isn't worth it. Um, I when I when I first heard the news, I thought that it meant that he might not be playing the Jazz come the thirtieth. But from my understanding of the rules, is if you, you um if you're out of the bubble for less than seven days, then you will quarantine for four days. But if you go past seven, you'll have to quarantine for a lot longer. So I mean, today's the Today's the 16th. If he's gone for six or seven days, that's the 23rd. And four-day quarantine's the 27th. So he won't have a lot of practice and things like that. But it seems to be that more likely than not, I'd imagine he'll be back and have a week or so of practice before the before play, um, before the final stretch starts. So I don't think this is necessarily going to be a big impact. But I do think it's kind of it's fl- it's it's fuel for the fire of what people are talking about about the asterisks, especially if a player leaves, if if a player of his caliber does leave, especially if they're on a higher seed than the Pelicans are right now. And this this kind of brings up an interesting like other point with resting players for the last eight games, if. If you're a team who doesn't have a chance of making the playoffs, you're probably not going to be playing your star players just to make sure that you're not risking them getting injured for next season. And then if you're like the Bucks or Lakers and no one is going to touch you for that number one seed, like LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers, they'll probably be playing to like get back in the groove, but they're not going to be playing 35, 40 minutes a game. They're going to be playing like 20 25 minutes a game once they've like clinched it and nothing else is going on like like they know they're going to get the first seed and they know they're not going to have a super tough time in the first round so they'll have time to like get that rest out in the first round as well so like people say the pelicans have the easiest schedule but they might actually have the hardest because they have more middle of the ground teams than other players than other teams have so they might be playing teams who are still fighting for a better seating in the playoffs. That makes a lot of sense. I, I'd agree with that, where like the Jazz are going to go all out against the Pelicans. Where if the Lakers were playing the Pelicans, 
especially towards the end. I don't have the schedules pulled up in front of me, but you're right where you probably wouldn't see LeBron and Anthony Davis going all out on the court like they will be come the come the first round of the playoffs. So I'm just excited for games to keep for the games here in a couple weeks. And I hope that we don't see um, more players getting suspended for violating the bubble. I hope that there's a bit more unity in the bubble and that they're able to create a scenario where people are safe, but people are able to enjoy their time um, there in Orlando and are able to prepare since, you know, this might be the 2020-2021 NBA season that we're kind of seeing when it kicks off. I don't know if the NBA is going to be ready to not be in the bubble come December or November whenever they decide to kick off the season after this. It's interesting. There's a lot of variables and no one really knows what's going on. So uh, it's it's fun to think about, but it also is kind of frustrating to talk about because we don't know and we still have to wait another half a month before we see any games and we might not even see games at that point. So let's all let's hope that we get to see games in the NBA at the end of this month and let's hope it's good basketball. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited, but um, for all you listeners out there, I think you should let us know what variables you think are actually going to play into effect with this bubble. Will the extra re- uh, rest matter for some teams or is it just going to be the same old NBA like we saw it before the bubble? Um, you've heard our opinions about it. We've been talking about it for several episodes, but we'd love to hear what you say. You can hit us up um, on Call Big Sports. Our Twitter, it's at called Bank Sports, but no O in sports. So it's just S-P-R-T-S. Yeah, only time's going to tell. So we'll, we're excited for this podcast this upcoming week. We'll hopefully talk a bit more about the schedule and we'll see how things go down. So thanks for listening. <laughs>